I don't know. It's just different. Premier is just different. I don't feel like I sell anything. I never feel like I sell anything. Welcome to The Chic Space, a podcast by Premier Designs, where you hear stories from our jewelers about Premier's purpose of enriching lives and training tips on how you can build your business. For this episode, your host is Mandy Eaton, Director of Marketing Services. Hey, Premier, we're so excited to have a very special guest today on the podcast, Mandy Gomez. Mandy has been a top 10 national retailer for the last five years, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 2017. And even more, in 2017, she achieved our prestigious $100,000 club by retailing $105,372 to be exact, which made her our number three national retailer overall for our entire 2018 National Rally. Mandy's going to share with us today how she works her business, but I'm sure it's no coincidence that she also achieved our 2018 Century Club by doing over 100 group orders. And even more than that, she achieved it early in September in nine short months. Wow. She's built her business to this point since joining Premier in 2008, which is so encouraging. Mandy's from Louisiana, where she and her husband, Scott, of 15 years, have three kids, ages 11, 12, and 14. So she's also a busy mom on the go. So Mandy, thank you so much for taking time out to chat with us today. Well, I'm super excited. I am ready. Awesome. Well, we're going to just get to know you today and ask you some questions about how you build your business. So let's just jump right on in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and kind of what you guys have going on right now? Um, You did a really good introduction. You almost left me nothing to say. Um, we do. My husband and I have been married um, for 15 years. We are high school sweethearts. We started uh, actually dating 23 years ago, um, which it's funny because we joke all the time that we've been together more than half of our lives. Um, but we have three kids. We have our oldest is 14. We have two boys. They're 12 and 14. And then a little diva princess who's 11, who used to say she was going to be a jewelry lady, but is now going to be a surgeon. So i she has no time for jewelry. I don't know. Well, does she know that our opportunity is very flexible? She might be able to do both. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm told for that, but her daddy says that when she's in school, she's only going to have time to study. I said, okay. Oh. So, yeah, you know, I could, I could get on board with that. That's good parenting. But we are. We're really busy. She does competitive cheer. Both of the boys do baseball. My husband is always on the go. So we just kind of run around. Everyone knows Premier is the best way to fit it all in because we can do what we need to do and do what we want to do all at the same time. That is the truth. I love that. You're so right. And give us a little bit of insight into maybe what you did before joining Premier and what brought you to making the decision that you wanted to join Premier Designs to get started. I um, was invited to a show um, 11 years ago. And 11 years ago, I was 28 years old. When you're 28 years old, you get an invitation to a jewelry party at your grandmother's house. Um, you generally don't plan to attend um, because I was not in, in the moment. I was not shopping for brooches and I didn't want to have grandma jewelry. I just I wasn't going. <laughs> um, but she called me the morning of her show and she asked me if I was coming. And then when your grandmother calls you, you kind of have to go. Like there's not really a, it's yes, ma'am. I will be there. Uh, and I went and I fell in love with everything. Um, I think that's kind of how it happens, I guess. And um, uh, I did. I had a full time job that at the time I loved. Um, things changed. I left my job, but I did. I loved that job and, um, was just going to do premiere for fun. I liked the jewelry. Uh, at that point in my life, I had tried to sell everything. Like I had, I had done Mary Kay and I think every college female tries Avon. Like I had tried to sell all kinds of things. 
So it was just like, well, why don't I try this? And I went home and I told my husband and he's like, well, that's what you want to do. Um, and so two days later I signed up. Like I was, I, I was not, nobody asked me to join Premier. I just said, okay, that's I'm here. I'll do it. Um, and then quickly I realized that I could, even while holding a full-time job, uh, hold nine shows a month and I was making extra money and it just was really nice. Um, so then it became more about uh, making money and um, providing a little more at home and helping a little more. We built uh, a house that, you know, is our dream home um, because, not, not, and I wouldn't say directly because of Premier, but Premier had a whole lot to do with it. I was able to contribute a lot more uh, to our financial stability. And then since then, I've quit my job. I, you know, I'm home with my kids. The kids are all homeschooled, so they're home during the day. Uh, and my grandmother, who actually introduced me to Premier, um, passed away two years ago. And so now, you know, when I go to work, it's not just about, you know, the joy that I get to, you know, share with others and knowing that I'm helping my family a little bit more. Um, but it's also kind of something special that she and I share. It's more than just premiere. It's, it's now I'm going to get emotional. Um, it is. It's just special. It is. Well, and you know that she helped introduce you to a company that's now had such a lasting impact. And so it's like she's kind of with you every day that you move forward and meet other people in Premiere. That's really, really awesome. I love that. She would not be above telling you that it was her fault that I'm here. <laughs> you mean she wanted to take all the credit? Come on all, now. All the credit. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, let me ask you a quick follow-up question on that. So you mentioned that you had been involved in direct selling with a couple of other companies. And, you know, you thought, well, why not just give Premiere a shot and try it out? What do you feel like, you know, not to compare and contrast necessarily, but what do you think's really helped you stick with Premier? Is there any one thing that stands out in your mind that this really helped you be successful, you know, within Premier Designs? Um, definitely the culture in Premier, just, you know, knowing that it is a biblical-based company and that we keep God in the company and we, we do have our, our foundation that's really strong, but the product, the people, I, I, I really, I don't know. I don't know. It's just different. Premiere is just different. I don't feel like I sell anything. I never feel like I sell anything. Um, I I go and I enjoy and I have fun being with people. And I feel like the other companies, I was trying to have to, I was kind of having to change myself for a product, makeup products in general. That, that wasn't my thing, you know, and I, it was something that I had to learn. But with jewelry, I don't even feel like it's something that we have to learn because it's something that everyone loves and it's beautiful and it sells itself and just the versatility and the, it just, it, it is just, it's a product and it's a company and it's a culture. It's just, it's just different. It's like the whole package all in one. I love that. It's hard to pick just one thing, isn't it, girl? It is. It really is. Well, awesome. Well, hey, let's jump in. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself. I, I know there's so many listeners that are able to relate with your busy mom. You've got it all going on. You've been in Premiere um, 10 years or so, I guess now. Um, and obviously, you're working really hard, and that seems to be paying off really well for you and, and Scott and your family. But maybe we could elaborate a little bit on, um, obviously, you're a successful retailer in our business. And you've already said you love the product, which I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But I'd love for you to share just a little little bit about how you build retail in your business and how you maybe do all of that while, you know, striving at least for like a work-life balance there. So maybe share with us a little bit on how you got to this point in your retail business. Um, I really personally believe that building uh, your retail starts with how you present yourself. Um, not necessarily always presenting yourself like the jewelry lady. That's how I'm talking about. I'm not talking about physical appearance and how you how you dress and how you, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, how you present yourself as a person. Um, and it's about building the relationships, 
to get the events on your calendar. I think it's about going out to your events and always, regardless of what kind of day you've had, what you're going through, um, knowing that there's always somebody there that you can touch and that you can help and that just a smile goes an extra, an extra mile. Um, it's not about being salesy. Um, I try really hard not to be salesy. Um, I've heard this is something that has been trained on or that's been said, but you know, in, in the beginning, I feel like when, when you're getting an instruction being led, maybe, um, and it's always, you know, stand at the jewelry table. And if someone picks up a necklace, ask them if they have an earring to go with it. And I understand the art of the upsell, but I don't think it's about that with Premier. I think it's more about um, getting to know what people, who they are and what they like and what they need and not necessarily trying to sell them on anything, just showing them things and, and how those things can impact them or help them. I do try to hold anywhere between eight to 15 shows a month. Uh, 12 is my happy number, but uh, I will gladly do as many as the Lord fills my calendar with. Um, but I do, I believe that high, having, having high retail is a direct reflection of the effort you put into your business, which is kind of obvious. I know that sounds silly, but it is. If, you, if you're going to put 100% in, you'll get 100% out. If you're only going to put 5% in, you're not going to get uh, a, a good return on your investment. Um, but it's about the passion and the excitement behind it as well. I love doing jewelry shows, Facebook and social media. It's fun and it's engaging and it's it's good to build additional relationships that way. But I love being with people. I love hugging every person that comes through the door. I'm from the South. I know all over the country people aren't huggers. But here in the South, we are huggers. And I will hug every single person that walks through the door. And I, even if I've never met you, it doesn't I just want to love on you. Yeah, girl. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I'm a hugger. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just come here. Give me a hug. It's good. Um, but I have fun and I encourage the others to have fun too. It sounds kind of simple, but I really think that all that, that what you need to do to have high retails um, is to believe in your product, show lots of your product, and have so much fun doing it that everybody else just wants to have a good time too. I have had people walk into jewelry shows and before before anything, like when I'm going to give my initial hug, she'll tell me. Uh, I don't wear jewelry. I'm not buying jewelry. I'm just here for my friend and don't ask me to have a party. And at the end of the night, she's bought the most amount of jewelry and she wants to know, you know, when my next available date is just because she had a good time, not even necessarily about the product, but just because we had fun. I love that she's trying to kind of give you the rules, the law of the land before the hug and the, the hug must have changed everything. That's awesome. <laughs> not ask me about anything. I'm not doing anything, but you know, when can we do it? Yeah, it's, it's what happens. Um, but as far as practical tips, I mean, I don't know that you can teach personality, you know, but just go and have fun. Like if you don't, if you don't feel like you're normally a fun person, I don't know, listen to something funny on the radio before you go in and just try and just try and up your level of fun. Um, but practical tips, um, I do offer a special at every show. Uh, and I think specials are kind of, they should be used based on your crowd. Um, I think jewelers should take the time and not just throw any random special out there. Oh, if you spend a hundred dollars, you're going to get something for half price. Well, most, a, a lot of customers may not spend a hundred dollars. So it's kind of a, an out of reach special. And so I think, I think jewelers should always go and look at past uh, purchases, look at past customers and kind of find what their average customer buys and maybe make a special that works for them, for their demographic. Um, but I do a buy for week fourth at 40% off and it's always worked for me. Um, but I do engage on social media. Uh, I like to work with my customers and I offer a flash sale or some type of special each month. Um, just, I, I offer a lot of specials. I do a lot of deeply discounted flash sales because I feel like I have a really great customer following. Uh, and, and I want to keep them shopping with me and I want to keep them encouraged to have jewelry events with me. Um, so I like to offer deals. Uh, and even if it does cut into my profit, you know, I, I feel like I'm 
kind of helping them out or helping them fill their jewelry box or helping them remember, hey, if I need something, I can always go to Mandy. Absolutely. You become the go-to jewelry lady in their life and they trust you. And so they continue to purchase and, and build that relationship. Tell us a little bit more about the flash sale. Like how does that work? Is You said that that's online. So how do you kind of market that or decide when you're going to do that? Um, it, it just really, there's no method to my madness. I'm really kind of everything's on the whim. If I have a free Wednesday night and I think, oh, well, let me just, you know, get some things together. Um, I'll make a few posts on my business page. I don't have a business page and a VIP page. Um, I started my business page about six years ago before everyone really started talking a whole lot of social media. I've got great engagement. You know, I have, you know, regulars that comment. I have randoms that comment. I've got over 2000 followers on the page. So I never, I was not going to go set up another group and say, Hey, come join me over here. So I just have a business page. Great. Um, and if I decide to do a flash sale, um, I'll post, I'll start posting in the morning. Hey, I'm going to do an event tonight. Let me know if you want in. I'll set up an event and I don't post my sales directly on the page. Um, I'll set up another event. So people don't just get inundated with jewelry or whatever. And then I'll do two different types. Like I could do something called like an, uh, an earring extravaganza. And maybe that night I'm just going to focus on earrings. Uh, and I'll do all the earrings at 30% off. And it could, it'll be an order. It, it'll be an order that is placed. Um, it won't be them buying the earrings off of my table. It'll be an actual order. I'll, I'll show the earrings live. I'll do a live broadcast. I'll show the earrings. Uh, and all they have to do is claim them. And I'll do it 30% off. And they'll get their discount. And I'll put it in um, as a personal event. And then earn you know free jewelry for contests or giveaways or for my table. I love that. That sounds so fun. And it's it's such an easy way to engage. And I love that you're keeping it simple. You know, you've got a free night. You've got some earrings. Why not go live and market it to your customers? Like, that's awesome. And they love it. They love it. And they get crazy. Um, the late, I mean, they do. They go crazy. It's, it's crazy to me how I can get on for 15 minutes and be talking to 45 to 100 women who are all just sitting there seriously claiming earrings. Like, oh, I want those. I need those. It's, it's, it, it happens really fast. And everybody kind of talks to one another and it's, it's a really fun time. Um, but then I'll also do uh, a flash sale where I'll post pictures or I'll, and, and those are more when I'm trying to move my samples out, I'll spend a day taking pictures of the samples that I have. And then that evening I'll get it at an event uh, and post them and whoever claims it first gets it. So then they kind of start yelling at each other and like, you know, fun, mocking, joking, not, you know, I've never started a little, real little healthy competition in there. That's a good thing. Supply and demand. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, and it's great. And we just have a good time and it's just all about having fun and kind of offering something that I, I don't offer all the time. It's just kind of a random pop-up. I think that's key. I think that, that's really, really important. So you hold a lot of shows, obviously you're out there to serve your customers nonstop, but then being able for them to know that every once in a while, you're going to do something really fun and exclusive on your Facebook page. That's got to continue to draw them towards you throughout the year. So that sounds like that's really working for you. Okay, Mandy. So this is a question that we love to ask every jeweler that we feature on the podcast. And that is, tell us about a time that there was a turning point in your premier business. And I know that, you know, being in premier for over 10 years, you've probably had at least one of these where you just kind of have a turning point in your business. Could you tell us a little bit about that? So I joined Premier in 2008. And at the time I had a full-time job. Uh, I loved my full-time job. It was, uh, you know, I worked for the, the vice president of my company. I was his assistant. I had two computer screens on my desk, one for work and one that I could watch movies on while I worked. It was seriously, it was not a better job ever, but it wasn't a really healthy work environment. 
Um, and in August of 2011, I decided to leave my real job, not necessarily because my business was strong enough to sustain itself, but because it was the right thing to do for my family. I just needed to leave. Um, and so from January to August of that year, I had done a total of 13 jewelry shows. Uh, in nine months, I had done 13 shows. Um, but uh, I knew that I didn't want to find another job. Like I, So I had to make this work. I had to make premier work. Um, and so, uh, I cried for a few days. I had been, I had been with the company for 10 years. So leaving after 10 years was really hard, even though I knew it was the right decision. I had to leave. Um, but I, I cried for a couple of days and then I went to my bestie's house. She is a jewelry lady as well. Uh, I went to her house and I sat on the floor in her office and I cried a little bit more. And then just the two of us sat there and we did a bookathon. I brought, um, it was an old school binder. Like this is 10 years ago. I brought an old school binder and I sat on the floor with all of my past hostesses and guest surveys. And I called and I called, I didn't even text. This was, I mean, I was calling people. I think I made a hundred phone calls that day. Uh, and I was real and I told people what was going on. I told them that I had to leave my job and that I would need to make this work because I didn't want another job. And premier was wonderful and they could help me. Can I come to your house and give you free jewelry? And I booked five events that day. I made a hundred calls and I booked five events and those five events that I booked, they were for September of 2011. They turned into 23 events from October to December. And it put me, it put me on track to do my first century club that year. And then that's what set me up for the first national rally top 10 in 2012 or 2013. Um, so I think it's just, it's a mindset and it's about, you know, realizing that this is where you're supposed to be and this is what you need to do. And you have to do what you have to do to make it work. It's not just going to work, but you have to make it work and it will. That's definitely what, that's definitely what changed my business is that it was a bookathon sitting on the floor in my best friend's room and crying and, and, and making it work. So another thing that you mentioned a little while back was you were talking about eight to 15 shows a month and that 12 is your happy number. So I would love to just ask you a little bit about that. Like I'm sure there's some jewelers that might be listening going, oh my gosh, that's a lot of shows. And there's some that may be going, oh yeah, that's great. How did you kind of find that that was your sweet spot for you and your family? Like how'd you kind of land on that eight to 15 and 12 is your happy number kind of range as a goal each month? So this is going to, my job as the jewelry lady, my job as financial supporter or helper in the family, I buy groceries and I pay for vacations. That's what I do. Those are both really important, by the way, (laughs) almost equally important. Right. We are, and and I mentioned this, you know, later on, I have it kind of written down, but um, we are a Disney cruise family. We take two to three Disney cruises a year. That's our time to reconnect. We always run around and we always do so much. And we're always kind of one going this way and one going that way. So we like to take cruises because we're all stuck there together. And it's just kind of our time to reconnect. So I pay for groceries and vacations. They're important to us. Um, and that's what, you know, that number eight to eight, eight to 15 is the number that I've kind of budgeted myself to get me paying my things the way I need to pay my things along with, you know, extra, then you leave the extra money and the fun money aside. But, but essentially that keeps me, that's, that's my salary. You know, it's my, my age 15 shows creates the salary that I need um, to pay for the things that I'm supposed to pay for. Okay. So let me make sure I get this straight in order to kind of work with that formula. You probably know like your average show, give or take, and then you've backed into that number and you've, you've gone ahead and kind of strategized it for the month and the year that if I want to provide this much for the family, this is about what it's going to take for me to do that. And my show's average, my, my average show total is between about six and $700. That's what my average show ranges. Um, And some months, like the month of November, I did 17 shows. And when you have 17 shows, 
it's a really great month. And then you put money away for Christmas. And then, you know, we always love a cash Christmas. It just works. Now, eight to 15 shows a month. Are, are most of those repeat hostesses for you? Or kind of how do you how do you work to keep those bookings on your calendar? Because that's a big achievement. I, I'll have repeat hostesses. Um, but not as many as a lot of people think, but I do have a really good core group of hostesses that will have a show at least once a year. Um, but some of them will even cycle a couple of years because it's been, I mean, I've been in for a long time and, and they know that they can always contact me for jewelry. They're very active on my business page. They know how they can get jewelry. Um, even if they're going to do a Facebook party or a catalog show, things like that. But most of my hostesses, um, are new contacts. I meet. I mean, you, you go to a show and you meet, I mean, even if you have three people there, you're still meeting two new people in most cases. Um, and in that case, I mean, I had a show Thursday night, there was two people that were past hostesses and a new person that I'd never met and the new person scheduled an event. So it just, I think part of my success is that I try really hard to not leave the show without rescheduling another show. I don't, and if I don't, then I'll come home and do homework. I mean, I think it's really important to replace a show with a show. It's about the groups of people that you get in. Again, it's about being engaging and having fun and, and, and getting everybody else on board. I mean, even if you go and you have a $200 event, um, you schedule another event and you have more opportunities to increase your retail. I love that. Well, and I love what you said too. It's it's going with the anticipation and the expectation that you're going to find someone there to connect with to replace that booking on your calendar. But then what you also said was if you walk out and you don't have one, you've got homework, right? Because the hardest part is probably building up to that number, but then maintaining it if you do it one bite at a time, it seems a little bit more simple. Would that be right? Well, yes, and that's another reason for the for the leeway, the 8 to 15 shows. Because if I book 15, if I have 15 scheduled in a month and two or three cancel, I know I'm still going to end up with the 12 that makes me really happy. Um, but never less than the eight that's still in my in my happy zone, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely about overscheduling to make sure you have what you need to meet the goals that you've set for yourself and your family. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit. I mean, I know if I was a jeweler, I would be wondering, how does she work with all these hostesses at one time? Like, do you have any, any tools or any systems or, um, you know, what do you kind of, what's your process for once you get a booking on your calendar, how do you kind of nurture it and help it hold or work with your hostesses? What tips would you have on something like that? Um, I'll come home from an event. Um, and I send a thank you note immediately. The first day I get home, she gets a thank you note in the mail. Um, that thank you for booking your party. It's very important to me that we keep your date. If you have any issues, let me know. Um, I can't wait to see you start spreading the information with your friends. Just a thank you note. I love that. And I send her a little magnet. Um, and it says, I love my jewelry lady and my jewelry lady loves me. And it, <laughs> it might have my picture on it and I might have a tiara on. I'm just saying. I feel like um, I might need one of those, Mandy, by the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll send one. Um, but then it has all of my contact information. So if she, if she needs me for anything, she's got my contact information somewhere that it's really easy to find. Um, and then as we get closer, because I have a tendency, like right now I've got shows scheduled already into May of next year, like my January, my February, and most of my March are already full. So I've got shows scheduled far off. So I want to send her that information right away. So she remembers to keep the date. Um, and then as we get closer, about three weeks out, I'll start contacting her again. I'll contact her um, just as a reminder that her show is coming up. And then in about two, two and a half weeks before her show, I'll ask for her guest list, um, start sending out invitations. And then I send her reminders every day as we get closer. Keep it simple. Um, follow up with your guests. Don't forget to RSVP. Here you can get your pre-orders. Just things like that. But I do, I, I contact my hostesses at least four, I'll have 14 contacts with them before their event happens. 
I mean, that way, as we get closer, if they realize that the date's not working for them, I've still started contacting them so early that if they have to cancel or reschedule, I've got time to fill those spots. Right. And I would imagine if I was your hostess, you know, you've got an ongoing dialogue with me. So even if something comes up, it's probably not like I'm just going to say, hey, I'm not going to do a show anymore. I'm probably going to tell you why. I'm probably going to try to reschedule, like, because there's this constant conversation that we're having. And now you said that you talk with them about 14, I think you said times. What is that? Is it mainly text, social media, email, phone call? Is it kind of a mixture? Have you found that any one form of communication works best for you? I'll always check with the hostess to find out what works best for her because I'm pretty easy. Uh, but I find that text is the go-to. I think that everybody is just, it's, it's not that it is something that they can put off, but it's something that they know that they have. And when they're able to respond, they can, because my work hours may be different than their work hours. I work every morning in my office from eight to 11. My, my oldest son, um, has ADHD and he has dyslexia. So we sit in my office and he does his schoolwork at the desk behind me and I do my work. And that way, if he needs something, I'm here, but I have those office hours that are set every day from eight to 11. And so when I'm sitting at my desk, that's what I'm doing all my contacts with my hostesses. And that may not be the best time for them, but later on in the day, lunchtime or in the afternoon, they can always go back and check that out and respond accordingly. So I think that text is just, I think it's just the easiest way to contact across the board. Awesome. No, I think you're right. I think that's such a, a flexible form of communication these days. I think it's it's really the new expectation almost. So I'm glad that that's working well for you. And I think it's really smart that you're asking your hostess what works best for her. And that's such a good distinction because it's really not about what's working best for you. It's also what what you know what's going to work best for her. How's she going to easily volley the conversation back to you? And you knowing that information up front probably really helps you stay in touch with her. So that's awesome. So one other question I have for you is what advice would you give yourself as a brand new jeweler? So if you got a, a do-over as Mandy Gomez, Premier 2.0, would you do anything different? Or what advice would you give yourself starting over or maybe to new jewelers that are beginning their business today? Information for myself, I don't know what I would tell myself. I, I, I think that, you know, I had rough patches and there were moments where um, I thought that I was leaving and I, I, I think I've heard, I don't know who has said it before, but if, if you haven't thought about quitting premiere, you haven't been in long enough. I think I've had my moment and I'm not going anywhere at this point, but, um, I, I, so I don't know what I would tell myself because I think I held on when it was time to hold on and I pushed on when I needed to, but I would definitely tell all new jewelers, um, to listen to your upline. They're there to help your sideline, your downline. Everybody's there to help. We're all here to help. Um, but ask questions and don't try and reinvent the wheel and say you know how the wheel works. Um, attend trainings and attend rallies. I think really it's important to be a student of your craft. There are so many places to find how to work the business. There are so many ways with the university and just, just the premier website in general is just incredible. The back office has so many awesome ways to help women ladies, men, jewelers, um, learn the business. And I think it's really important to, to dive into those things. But even if you're not finding what you need there, go to YouTube, ask other jewelers. There are so many places where you can find information. So I think you should always work your business and figure out what's going to make it work for you and then do that. Um, and just remember that God, he's in this and he's going to lead you, but he's not going to do it for you. You have to work for your blessings and then you'll be blessed. 
I love it. Well, and I, I hear a great undertone in your advice there of self-discipline, right? You, I mean, you're responsible as an entrepreneur to go out and find the information that you need, ask the questions. There's a whole community of other jewelers, upline, sideline, like you mentioned, that are there to support. Um, but ultimately, it's what do you want to do with this, right? And it sounds like you've really worked to hone that in through the years. So that's awesome advice. So we're nearing the end of our time together, but we always like to ask our um, special guests five questions and they're kind of a rapid fire question. So kind of the the shields come down and we just want to know who you are as a person. And I'm sure there's gals out there that are going to relate to what you say. So I'm going to ask you these five questions that are really fun, um, but try to answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Number one, hardest question, I think. Favorite piece of jewelry. What is your favorite piece of premier jewelry right now? Hands down, it is cashmere. It has been my favorite since it came out. Um, and I don't think that anything's going to change it. I love cashmere. I think it's very versatile and it's you can do 700 things with it. I love it's it. gorgeous. Okay, number two, how do you drink your coffee? Um, just a little splash of coffee with lots of cream. Oh, me too, girl. I love it. The Mandy's are connecting. Yep, that's what I do too. Okay, number three, what time do you wake up each day? 7.55. The kids wake up at 8 and school starts at 8.30. So you get five minutes of solitude every morning. I love it. (laughs) Okay. Number four, what's one thing you do that gives you energy? Um, I like naps, Um, power naps, not like I'm going to lay in bed all day, but a power nap. I've read this. A power nap is very good for your brain and smart people need naps. I'm, I'm proclaiming myself smart. It just happens. I love it. I agree with you. I'm going to see if Tim Horner can get us some cots around the office so we can take some power naps too. (laughs) 23 minutes is all you need. That's what you need. 23 minutes. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Number five, what's one place to travel that's on your bucket list? That's hard. Um, Europe, um, the Mediterranean, somewhere far away, just far. Um, But I like tropical, so it's really hard. I don't, I'm going to Say Europe is my answer. That's awesome. I love it. Well, hey, Mandy, I know many of our jewelers would probably love to connect with you and kind of keep the conversation going. How would they find you maybe on social media? Do you have a platform that you frequent that they could reach out to you with any questions or follow along with you? Facebook is my go-to. Um, I'm Mandy Forrest Gomez is my personal page. And then my jewelry lady page is the jewelry lady, Mandy Gomez. Awesome. Good branding there. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and being so transparent with us today and sharing what's working with you. Um, we are so proud of you and we love having you in the premier family. Well, thank you, Mandy. I had a great time. Thanks for joining us today. For more stories about enriching lives and training tips for growing your business, subscribe to the Chic Space podcast. <laughs>